Hey everyone, welcome to We're In Between, a podcast that watches and discusses one episode of As Told by Ginger in order once per week. I'm Ashley. I'm Casey. And I'm Patricia. Last week we had our second episode, which was Carl and Maud. This is episode three, if you're following along with us. We have our forum up, as always, for you guys to introduce your thoughts and feelings about the show. So I hope you guys have been having as much fun as we've been having. Totally. And just as a refresher, Ashley and I are from the Friday Night Nicktoons podcast. And Patricia? I am from the Old School Lane blog and YouTube channel. Thank you so much for listening, and we're in between. Someone once told me the grass is much greener. I still need to watch all of this show in order. There is a mixture of sadness, but at the same time, there's a mixture of a little bit of humor, which you can definitely expect in this series. Every character has multiple dimensions, really. Obviously, it's a scripted show, but they don't feel scripted. They feel real. They feel genuine. If kids find value in things, I think there is value in that. Because it is art in its own way, and it is very important. Whatever it is, just own it. You know, love what you do and do what you love. If it's cool to you, then... You know, who cares about what the others say? Someone once told me the grass is much greener on the other side. Our third episode is called Stealing First. And on this one, Ginger is nervous about the class ski trip because she can't ski. And uh, Courtney wants the foreign exchange student, Jean-Pierre, to kiss Ginger on the chairlift for some reason. And uh, Carl and Hoodsy are trying to break a world record on this same ski trip. Yeah, so well, the episode starts off with Lois dropping Ginger off to school. And Dodie and Macy approach Ginger and saying, like, did you get your mom's permission for the ski trip? And Ginger is kind of avoiding talking about the ski trip. And we don't know yet, but later on throughout the episode, we will. Then we have Courtney and Miranda talking about the ski trip. And... They want to make things interesting. They're trying to find who would be the right person to kind of hook up with Jean-Pierre over at the ski lift. And Courtney suggests Ginger, because why not? And so (laughs) Courtney gives the bet on that she can get Ginger to go first base with Jean-Pierre up in the ski lift. And Miranda doesn't think that's going to happen. And then Courtney says, well, loser has to do homework for the other person for a whole week. And then Miranda says, you are going down. It's a pretty intense bet, and of course, again, we always have to have uh, Ginger involved in their lives, right? And it's it's also, it's kind of an uncomfortable bet, I feel like, to have, to be like, oh, I'm gonna get these two people to get to first base, the the always confusing base system of of all of the things that happen, right? What a diplomatic way of saying that. <laughs> <laughs> And if you're wondering, for the younger listeners, we're not referring to baseball. We're referring to the other first base. This is another merit of the show, though, is it's not afraid to take on issues that are taboo. And it's not inappropriate. I don't think it's wildly crass or too much. It might be for, like, a six-year-old, but for young teenagers, this is a very relevant episode and one that would be... I think helpful in some ways in terms of processing weird hormones and emotions. Do they have equivalents with other sports games? Do people have, I don't know, first quarter? I don't know. I don't know. These are the things that bother me in my days. (laughs) I think it is that term of first base being like an American thing. I don't know if they use it in other countries, so it could be. 
Let us know in the forum if you are not American and if your country does or does not use the base system. So we cut into lunchtime, and uh, Courtney then approaches Ginger saying that uh, someone told me to tell them to tell you that Jean-Pierre, the foreign exchange student, wants to possibly sit with you on the ski lift. And um, then Ginger, you know, starts to get a little nervous. And this was like right before Dodie convinces Ginger to go to the ski trip because Ginger confessed to Dodie, Macy, and Darren, who later sits with them, that she can't ski. And then she talks about, there's so many things that you can do that doesn't involve with skiing, like drink hot cocoa or take a picture with the trainer. When I lived in Idaho, uh, there was this uh, ski resort called Schweitzer that I, I went to every winter. And there was a point in which I didn't know how to do either skiing or snowboarding. And I try to find ways, you know, to you know, hang out and see if I can be able to uh, do some activities that didn't involve with skiing for a bit. And then I learned how to do snowboarding. So I can kind of relate to this in which, you know, for a person who doesn't know how to ski or, or snowboard or uh, whatever they do, then it is getting a little bit nervous. It's like if you're invited over to the beach and you can't swim or something like that. Right. So uh, can we talk about Dodie for a second? This is the first episode, I think, where Dodie plays a major, major role. And I don't know what to think of her. I think sometimes she's a supportive friend, and sometimes she just calls them out on their insecurities and, like, makes them feel worse when they would have been okay. Yeah, that's going to be a reoccurring thing with Dodie, unfortunately. Trust me, we'll be getting into an episode later on throughout the series that is a prime example on how Dodie can be manipulative to wanting things her way, even if it's the cost of her friends. Right, and she thinks she's being helpful most of the time. And you can tell she gets it from her mom, who I think appears not this episode, but next time. I don't know, she's complicated for me. Yeah, she is a bit complicated, which is why in the fan base of As Told by Ginger, out of the three girls, Dodie is their least favorite. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that one. Anyway, so um, one of my favorite scenes with uh, Back in the Cafeteria is when uh, when Macy is trying to eat off of um, Darren's tapioca pudding, and then Dodie mentions about that she's lactose intolerant, and then Macy takes a bite out of it, and she says, life is short. Yes, it was amazing. One of uh, my favorite lines of this episode, honestly, just Macy, Macy's great. Macy is my spirit animal. She's great. She's one of my favorite characters in the series. And it's a shame that she doesn't get as much recognition compared to the others. But uh, yeah, continuing on, we have to talk about Carl and Hoodsy's side of the story in which they want to break the record for spending the longest time on the ski lift. And they practice with Carl fixing up a chair that looks like a ski lift. And then they're just sitting there. You know, Hoodsy's complaining about that he's hot and sweaty, and Carl's like, you have to stay put, you have to be concentrated. And when Ginger calls up to um, Hoodsy to let him know that his mom called him for dinner, the way that they both said when when Ginger knocks on the door, they said, identify yourself. Like, just like that. And then Ginger just casually says, Ginger Foutley, sister of Carl. And then he says, um, what, um, what's your reason for knocking the door? It's like, message to Hoodsy. And then she tells him about it. And then one of the strangest things, even for Carl, is that when he tells Ginger what to bring him upstairs for dinner, is like a fruit cocktail inside of a baked potato. Very interesting combination, I have to say. I've never eaten a fruit cocktail hot, 
especially inside of a baked potato. So I don't know. I mean, that's a very weird preference for taste of eating something cold like fruit cocktail and have it inside of a baked potato, which is really hot, which I don't know. I mean, maybe for some people, they have a preference on a combination of foods, but that's just a really odd one for me. Yeah, I think that's one of those Carl moments, right, where he just kind of has weird preferences and weird interests, because, yeah, there's there's a lot of things that I might put on a baked potato, but I've never once had the uh, desire to have a fruit cocktail on it, in it, any kind of fruit really involved with my potato. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, I mean, there are some exceptions to, like, a fruit that would be really good with a type of meat or, you know, any side dish, but... Fruit cocktail and a baked potato is not one of them, especially no, absolutely not. Yeah. Should we skip ahead to the ski lift or do we do we want to talk about the bus ride anymore or at all? There are some moments in the bus ride that are my all-time favorites, like um yeah. when Dodie wants to talk to Courtney and Courtney says to Dodie, "Not available right now. Please leave a message after the beep." And then Dodie says, "But" and then Courtney says, "Beep." And completely blocks her. And one of my favorite moments, even in the series, is when Carl and Hoodsy sneak up on you know on top of the bus. Hoodsy is inside the dog box, and uh, Carl is inside, um, kind of like a carrying case. And uh, Hoodsy says, "What if I have to go to the bathroom?" And then um, Carl says, "That's what the n- newspapers for Hoodsy." Yeah. And I also want to bring up the um, the jacket that Ginger wears. I'm sure that maybe at one point in our lives, we all had to go through this in which if we don't have something, we're given like a hand-me-down, whether it be from like a sibling or from our own parents. So you have this old, musty, stained jacket, and she has no other choice but to wear it. And so Dodie recommends that she calls it vintage because it looks like something that came out of the 70s and it just crawled up somewhere and died. Yeah, it's a nice supportive moment from Dodie, though, talking about her complication, that she, you know, tries to spin it in a positive way, even though it looks horrible. And huge, too. It's way too big. Oh, yeah. So we can even tell from the jacket that Lois was a bit on the heavy side, even when she was a child. Yeah, and I I think, too, this is uh, one of those uh, moments where we kind of get an insight that they're probably not especially wealthy, right? And, and, I mean, there's clues of this throughout the episodes, but definitely the idea that, like, they're they're not going to go out and buy a jacket, right? They have one, and I think in Lois's mind, she's just helping her out, but it's not any kind of attractive. Yeah, so we get to the ski lodge, and uh, Macy has an adorable line where they line up for the slope, and... She goes, shouldn't we not be standing this close? People might think we're standing in line to ski. And Toadie's like, Macy, that's that's what we're doing. <laughs> and also another thing, that's also another one of my favorite moments. When we first get introduced to Jean-Pierre, so um, Ginger is asking Dodie about if she knows how to French kiss. And then Dodie's like, of course I do. And then Macy's shocked about this, saying like, wait, you were keeping this from me? Who are you? I I think I've seen it, like, once. It's really simple. And then they just do, like, this little kiss. And then they all do it. And then Jean-Pierre skis past them and says, Bonjour, my little snow chickens. And then they just look at each other embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, It's, you know, I feel like that's, again, that's one of those things you see in real life a lot is the sort of, like, who's experienced, right? Who's, who knows 
more things. Who who knows what this is? Who's done that? Whatever. And so you can see them all trying to work that in. So Courtney's talking to John Pierre a little bit later, and she has the statement. She says, if you ask me, I think Ginger Foutley is pretty cute. And I think that's another one of those moments where I was like, you know, Courtney's kind of a little bit too into Ginger. And we, we talked about this, I think, in our first episode, too, that she's she makes comments that are a little bit over the edge, potentially. Whether the rumor is true or not about that, originally, the reason why Courtney was so infatuated with Ginger was because she was originally in love with Ginger that has yet to be confirmed. But yeah, you definitely see that she's trying to push Jean-Pierre into wanting to, you know, ride on the ski lift with Ginger. I mean, we don't know. I mean, even even if it involves with the bet with Miranda, it's kind of pushing it a little bit. Definitely. Yeah, she is very into making this happen. And, uh, oh, and we have yet another moment, a brilliant A and B plot intersection. Carl is trying to break the world record for longest amount of time stuck on a ski lift. So he bribes the guy running the ski lift to stop it in mid-air. And so Ginger is stuck up in the ski lift with, I guess it's an entire school field trip. It's not just their class. So that's why Carl and Hoodsy are there, too. Well, no, they, they snuck in. Well, they're not, well, they, they were they not supposed in. to be there. It was supposed to be for the middle oh, school. They just show up, right, because it's, right, they're just in a middle school. Carl and Hoodsy are younger. and But they show up yeah. anyway. They get, they bribe the guy. And so now Ginger is stuck in this ski lift with the foreign exchange student with Courtney and Miranda kind of heckling them right behind. And it's horrible. It's a nightmare. <laughs> and he's a creep, too. He's like being super uncomfortable. And I love that before she goes up there, Macy says, remember, no means no. Yes. So good. That line being dropped, I thought it was pretty big. Obviously, it's, you know, it comes off, it's in this context, very, very lightheartedly, but no means no is a very, very much not something I expected to hear in a in a cartoon like this. But yeah, we, we have Ginger too. She's trying to make some small talk and she's like, so uh, what's it like being French? I'm a big fan of your toast, and uh, for the record, for any of you guys who didn't know, French toast is not French at all. And neither, yeah, exactly. Neither are French fries. <laughs> it's just describing the way they're cooked, right? It's like a French way of cooking. cooking. Yeah, well, I mean, pomme frites, you know, in which it's double fried. Yeah, but you know, the origins of French fries are from Belgium, not from France. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's funny. Anyway. Anyways. But so that's Ginger, yeah, making awkward small talk. He tries to kiss her. She stumbles. She falls. Remember, Ginger is nervous about this trip because she doesn't know how to ski. She starts sort of stumbling around, and it looks like things are going to be okay. But someone want to pick up from here? Well, I guess we need we need to pick up a couple of pieces, right? So uh, Darren was originally not going to be able to go on the trip because he had an orthodontist appointment. Lois realizes that Carl and Hoodsy are at the ski trip. So she goes to drive to pick them up, you know, to bring them back to where they belong. And she happens to pick up Darren on the way. So that's that's where he plays into this and why he hasn't been around for the discussion. But Darren's at the bottom of the hill and he's like, oh, I thought you said you couldn't ski. And she's like, yeah, I didn't think I could. And then just crashes right into him. And then he dies too, like Maud. <laughs> no, could you... <laughs> There's a brutal death in every episode of this show. It's like South Park. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> right. Just poor old Maud, and then later a family member, but I can't think of any other deaths. Anyway. The episode ends with Darren in a cast. He broke his leg because Ginger skied over him. And so he kind of is okay with it because he says, like, oh, my brother tells me that having a cast is a babe magnet. And so Ginger smiles as... Um, he she signs her name into his cast, and Lois, uh, earlier in the episode, when Lois um, drives J- Darren all the way to the ski lift, and then, you know, sh- she later learns that Carl was the one who caused the ski lift to stop, and then she becomes really angry. And then she flat out tells him about all the things that he can't have. He's grounded and saying, like, you know, no TV, no video games, no all this stuff, and... Then that's pretty much how the episode ends. Yeah, this is a good one. I would say it's probably my least favorite of the three we've watched so far, but that's not saying much because I've thoroughly enjoyed all of them. Yeah, it's a pretty decent episode. It's funny because this episode was uh, nominated as like one of the top 100 greatest Nicktoon episodes back in 2007. I don't really agree with it, but it still has its good moments, though. Yeah, it's it's definitely, I would agree with that. Of the three thus far, it's my least favorite. I I didn't dislike it by any means, but I feel like it has the the least sort of growth of characters. There's a couple of moments in there, but overall it's just, you know, it's a good episode, not an amazing one. Yeah, so uh, now we can give our rank of yay or nay, so uh, what do you think? I think, as I said, I'll, I'll give it a yay still. Yeah, I give it a slightly raised thumbs up, so a yay. Okay. So yeah, this is an episode that is worth checking out, but um, compared to the episodes we talked about previously, and especially the ones later on, this is one that I wouldn't recommend going to right away. So yeah, that's it for this episode. Uh, Tune in next week as we talk about episode number four. So until then, hope to see you around soon, and thank you for listening. (laughs) 